Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. Let's get into the word today. I'm so glad last week is over. It was good. It was good to be back for the first time, but I'm back now, so let's just act like it's normal, and uh, let's get into the Word today, see what God has to say. So, I've titled this this morning, Imagination for Kingdom Things, and I have been praying for every one of you this week, declaring that we're going to have our eyes opened by the Spirit. We're going to have spiritual ears to hear. We're going to have the discipline, say discipline, we're going to have the discipline to get into the Word of God and to allow God's Word to begin to transform us from glory to glory. Say amen out loud. All right. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, just 2a, just the first half of this verse says this, do not be conformed. Listen to me. First of all, we got a brand new beautiful building here, but, but the sound is so amazing. There's like a wall out here. So I need y'all to open up your mouths and talk, all right? So, so when you get moved in your spirit, you say amen, you say something. But uh, it, it, it's like this wall and it's just me up here. Last week I was thinking, man, I must be so bored. These people sound like they're asleep out there. So, so you gotta kick through the wall, amen? And uh, we're awake this morning, we're, we're ready to receive and I believe Holy Spirit's gonna say something to you today. Do not be conformed to this world. That is a big do not. Amen? That's a big do not. not. Not if you feel like it or not if your emotions are right this morning, not if you got up on the right side of the bed. How many of you got up on the right side of the bed this morning? Let me see. How many of you got up on the left side of the bed this morning? It's all right. Go ahead and confess it. It's okay. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed By the renewal of your mind, the renewing, the continual daily renewing of your mind in this time, in this day, in this hour, in 2020, man, oh man, oh man, do we need to make sure that we're not allowing the world and the news and the news channels and everything that's going on out there to affect what's going on in here. Amen? We, we got to make sure that we are more full every day of the word than we are of Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax, or any of the rest of them. You got to be full of the word of God because it's the word that's going to transform you from the inside out. I, I'm telling you what, I might be preaching on imagination through 2021, because I realized this, this week, I'm just scratching the surface. I'm, I'm just getting a little bit. Matter of fact, last week, L. Clark, are, is L back yet? Yes. L, you back? Yes. Man, oh man, L flew through the storm to Haiti last week. What were you thinking? <laughs> Anyhow, I prayed over him. But last Sunday morning, L was in Miami. He took the early flight out of Gainesville, was watching online. Soon as service was over, I mean, I'm walking to the back and my butt's vibrating because that's where my phone is. And, and L was texting me and, and he was all excited. He said, man, I'm so excited about this word. And he said, 
20 years ago, Holy Spirit gave me a revelation on imagination. Well, he's never talked to me in the three years he's been in my church one time about imagination. So I rebuke you, L. Uh, four times, four years. So he said, hey, as soon as I get back, when I have coffee, I want to hear your revelation. I said, heck no, if you've been walking this for 20 years, we're going to have coffee. I want to hear your revelation. So, so I'm actually going to have L preach sometime here in the next few weeks. Just put him on notice there. But, uh, but as I was thinking about imagination, remember again, write this down if you haven't memorized it yet. It's the ability to see what isn't present. It's the ability to see, hear me what others can't see. Right before I walked out here this morning, I was, I was having a moment with the Lord and Holy Spirit gave me another revelation. And he said, guess who was the first one that had imagination? God. He imagined the world. Whew, I got goosebumps. Listen to this, more importantly than that, he imagined you. Thousands of years ago, he imagined you for such a time as this. Not for a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, not for a hundred years from now. He imagined you for now. And then he created you in his image and likeness. He created you. But before he ever created you, he saw you. How many of you wish God hadn't seen some of the things you've done in your lifetime? Come on, Annabelle. There are some things that I just wish God hadn't seen. But you might as well just go ahead and confess and get that sin under the blood of Jesus Christ because he's already seen it. Matter of fact, listen to this. He saw it before you ever did it. Wow. And he loved you anyway. Thank you, Phil. And he loved you anyway. So imagination, the ability to see what, is, what isn't present. Some of you are saying, well, Pastor, what in the world does all this have to do with me? God wants you to start imagining some things that you are not imagining because you're too full of CNN news. Your, your, your brain is all scattered with the negatives. How bad is it going to be? No, no. Some of y'all listening to the wrong person confessing we're going to have a deep, dark winter. Let me tell you, he can have a deep, dark winter. I'm going to have a great winter. I'm going to have a great winter. I'm going to have a great spring. I'm going to have a great summer. I'm declaring those things that are not as though they are because in God they already are. So you can sit around and go, oh, my gosh, it's going to get really bad, and I know I'm going to get COVID. Well, if you're going to get it, go ahead and get it and get over it. All right? Just get it and get over it. But don't sit around worrying about it, my gosh, every day. Man, you got you to gotta imagine yourself healed, whole, full of the goodness of God, full of the purpose of God. Some of you are saying, well, I'm 80 years old. There ain't much God's got left for me. Yes, he does. I'm still alive, and you need to be praying. If you ain't got nobody else to pray for, pray for me. I told Mama Hyatt last week. She came up, gave me a big hug, said, well, this will probably be the last one. I'm, you know, I'm probably not going to see you again, Pastor, because I look at, there she is back there, right there. She's, Stop confessing that, Mama Hyatt, because when God's ready to take you home, he'll take you home. But until you got to pray for me every day and a bunch of these other people that need some prayer. You ain't got time to die yet. You, ain't time, you, you don't have time to go to heaven yet 
when it's time, God will let you go. But until then, you know what? Some of us need to get up and get on with living. And we need to say, God, what is your purpose for me today? Man, I want something fresh. That's why we're going to enter into 2021. We're going to enter in through 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to start a second service. We're going to gather in here some day of the week, and we're going to worship God. And we're going to turn those clocks off on the back wall. Look at them. There's three of them back there. <laughs> they, they scream at me all the time. I'm not even looking at them. All right, listen. Disciplining one's life by renewing the mind will help you to develop a godly, positive imagination. Or let me say it like this. Maybe to have the ability to develop a godly, positive imagination. There is really no quick fix to get an imagination, a godly imagination, stirring in your life. You can't come up here for prayer. Bam! You got an imagination. No, you got to get in the Word of God and, and no longer be conformed to what the world's saying about you. And all of a sudden begin to have your mind transformed by what you're reading And all of a sudden, it begins to stir in your mind this ability to hope, to trust, to see something that'll go, oh, wow, what was that? God whispers, that's me. And then you say, okay, Lord, I think I'm ready. And begin to see something maybe that God wants you to do. Maybe this year, maybe five years from now. Wouldn't you like God to give you a plan that you're going to do something for him 12 years, three months, and two days from now? I wish he'd give me that. I mean, I'd be like, whoa, I don't care what the doctors say, right? Because if he gave me something that he wants me to do at a specific time and place, and he's got things he wants you to do, he's just probably not going to give you this specific time and place until it's time. But you're never going to experience it until you first see it. And you're not going to see it unless you develop that ability within you to say, I need to stir up my mind to see what isn't present yet. What does God have for me? You have to make a choice. Say choice. All choices aren't bad. You have to make a choice to change. And change is a process that takes time. I mean, it takes time. You're not going to just all of a sudden start seeing and, and, and having super faith for something that you haven't meditated on, chewed on, man, just got in the spirit realm, got in the word. I've been having devotions lately disrupted because we, um, four months ago, I decided since I, you know, they told me you're going to be home for at least a year. I was like, man, I, I'm home. Suzanne's going off to work, going off here and there. And so I told her I wanted a puppy. So, so... So Luke and Ollie called one day and they said, hey, dad, we're coming by. We'll be there in three minutes. We had some friends with us. I was mad at him. It's Saturday. It's like, how dare him just bring somebody to my house with a three-minute notice? And, and uh, anyhow, they got in the house, got out of their truck, and they had this little furball white uh, sugar doodle, and it was about this big, just a little tiny thing. Oh, it was so cute. I fell in love with it right then and told Suzanne I wanted it. She said, honey, we can't move by our emotions now. You've been preaching that. You've been, you've been declaring that. So we can't let our emotions dictate here. So I said, okay, I'm going to sleep on it. So the next morning I woke up and I said, honey, I want that puppy. 
I slept on it. My emotions are not, uh, my emotions are in check and I want this little puppy. So we got this little puppy and we took a little couple pictures, just a little thing in our, well, well now I wish I had a picture for this horse that's living in my house. A horse. And, and, and she's only seven months old. And her, and her legs, like, she just, she stands up and just plops her arms over your shoulder. She likes to dance with Suzanne. And her head, her head is bigger than my wife's head. And she got, a little, but she does have a little tiny pretty head. So, uh, but this dog's got a big old head. And, and, uh, but, but lately I've been trying to let her out of the laundry a little bit to, you know, I've been seeing her discipline. I've been seeing it. Well, it's not happening yet, but I'm seeing it. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to need some professional help <laughs> because I keep talking to her. And, and uh, so I, I open up the gate to, to let her come out while I'm making my coffee in the morning. And, uh, and I, I'm getting ready to go sit in my favorite chair for devotions. And I look up and she's plopped right down in it. The, I mean, the whole horse is sitting in the chair. I'm like, I'm seeing you back in the laundry room. <laughs> You know, but, but there are some distractions that are going to come against us. Sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they're sweet. Sometimes they're good. But they're still distractions. And, and, and I want to tell you, you got to do whatever you got to do to bring discipline in your life so that you are declaring those distractions are going to be pushed aside because you're desperate for God. I don't know about y'all. I'm desperate for God. I want to experience a move of God like we've never experienced before. I'm tired of talking about the great Jesus movement of 1974, 1975, 1976. Thank God for all the people that got saved in that. But I want a fresh move of God. And it's not going to happen until, first of all, we begin to imagine it. We begin to see it. We begin to desire it. We begin to hope for it. We begin to get in the word. We begin to get into worship. We begin to get in prayer. And those things are more important than anything else that's going on in the world. So I want to read a story to you out of Numbers chapter 13. Go there in your Bible or your iPhone or your iPad or your stupid phone or whatever you have that will get you there. But. I love this story. First of all, it's the story of Moses, Joshua, and Caleb, the other 10 spies. And I was meditating on this the week before last. And I thought, man, I got to preach that the second week I'm back because there's just so many powerful things in this. I'm going to start off in verse 17, just read a few verses. Uh, and I'm going to kind of just actually fly through these and highlight it. But Numbers 13. It says, Moses sent the 12, one from each tribe of Israel, into the land of Canaan. And he said, I want you to go up into the hill country and listen to this. He says, I want you to see, say see. see. He said, I want you to see what the land is. I want you to see whether the people who dwell there are strong or weak? Now, before I finish reading this, how many of you think God knew what was in those lands that they were about to walk in? Now, God already knew who was there. God had already spoken to Moses and said, this is the promised land. Hear me. Some of you have been living on a promise of God and you say, I, I just don't think it's ever going to come to pass. The promises of God are yes and amen. The timing of God is his. Some of us are walking through battles and we're going, you know what? I can't, I can't 
stop. I'm tired. I'm weary. I've been hanging on to this. And as Moses said to the 12 leaders, open up your eyes and tell me what you see. I think Moses probably even knew what was in the land. But he said, open up your eyes and see and come back and tell us whether the people, are they strong or are they weak? Are they few or are they many? Whether the land is good or bad, whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds and whether the land is rich or poor. I I love it. There's like 15 messages in those scriptures right there that God is speaking and he's saying, open up your eyes and see these things. See, some of you've got a promise of God. You begin to imagine something, but with it is just this big giant. And you see yourself as a grasshopper. I don't know what it is you're going through. Everybody in this room is going through something. You have something in you that God has been speaking. And you're saying, Lord, I don't even see how that's possible. And hear me, God's okay with you saying that. Just don't stop there. I don't know how you're going to do this, God. And God's thinking, I got this. But you're going to have to walk through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Yea, though I walk through, you got to walk through some things before you're ever going to experience them. Victory's on the other side. It's not when you camp out in hell. You, you got to walk. And sometimes, man, it's, it takes every ounce of faith you have to walk through that. He said, verse 20, whether there are trees in it or not. I love that. You know, all the other stuff. And then Moses says, I want some trees. <laughs> you come back and let me know if there's some trees there. <clears throat> Now the time, it says, the end of verse 20, was the season of the first ripe grapes. And if you go ahead and finish reading that story, it's so cool because it says two of the men, two of the 12, put one, what do you call a thing of grapes? A bunch? A whole bunch. A whole bunch of big grapes. And they hung it over a big branch and it took two of them. How far we got to get back? Where is Moses anyhow? I mean, they are walking. I bet they're eating some of those things too. I mean, some big old grapes. Verse 27. It says, so they came back and they told Moses, we came to the land which you sent us. Oh, and it flows with milk and honey. And looky here, Moses. Have a grape. Have a grape, Moses. Have a grape. However, uh uh-oh. See, this is where a lot of us get in trouble. This is where our imagination sinks, our C&I gets closed. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, and they're very large. And we saw the descendants of the giants. Listen to this. <laughs> they were the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Devilites. 
I mean, there was just a whole bunch of ites. And you know what? There will always be those in your life as well. But God knew what was there. He was waiting to find out what report would they bring back. See, the banker tells you, man, you, you're about to lose this. And we freak out. I was reading a story the other day um, from Pastor Andrew Womack, and he was telling the story that when God began to put in his heart to imagine himself doing everything that Jesus had done and greater. Now, how many of y'all have ever gotten stumped on that one? You know what my thing is always, my fallback, and man, I had to repent. I realized it, that, was not, that was not a faith statement I was making. I've always fallen back. I just want to do what he did. I, I don't need to do anything greater. I mean, I, seriously, am I the only one here? Jesus raised people from the dead. He broke bread and fed 5,000 people. He caused spitting the guy that was blind, and the guy didn't punch him back. He, he actually could see. I mean, he did all these kind of things, and he says near the end, these things that I've done, you're going to do in those greater and I'm saying, Lord, it's 2020. We're entering into 2021. We want to forget 2020, and we want to see the greater things of God. And God said, how much are you willing to change? When will my house become more important than your kid's soccer game? Your school sporting events? Your college favorite football team? Your latest shopping trip? When will you be so hungry for me, desperate for me, you'll hang out in my house? I was down here last night praying. No one was in here. There's actually a prayer group going on out in the, uh, one of the multipurpose rooms, and I had worship music playing. And I was walking up and down. I touched every chair. I was praying over every one of you, declaring every empty chair is going to be filled with lost people. And I said, God, I love the house of God. Whether I'm here by myself or the house is filled. I love the house of God. I want what I have never experienced before in my life, and I want to live long enough to experience it. Not in heaven, here on the earth. I, I, I'm going to go through battles, and I'm going to have some Amalekites and some Hittites in my way. I'm going to have some battles that we're going to face. Some of you, it's health. Some of you, it's marriage. Some of you, it's relationships. Some of you, it's business. Some of it is you. Some of you have no purpose in life. You get up every day, and you just, like, scratch your head. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what God wants you to do. God has a plan and a purpose, but he's not revealing it to casual inquirers. He's looking for somebody that's desperate, hungry, willing to lay on the floor before his presence as long as it takes to hear his voice. Stirring within us a, 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 a change of thought process where instead of coming to the house of God for one hour, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to begin to hunger and say, man, let's just come to the house of God until God has touched us in such a way we, we can't do anything but get up and go out of this place and touch the world with his love. Amen. Getting real quiet in here. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. So Caleb, don't you love that name? Caleb. 
He quieted the people before Moses. Why? Because now there's a great uproar. They they come back. They had a great report. There's all kind of amazing fruit. There's amazing beauty. There's milk and honey. There's fortified cities. But there's giants in the land, and they don't know what to do, and they're fearful. And Caleb quiets the people before Moses, and he said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. How many of you would say that's a good report? But then the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people. They were having a good old-fashioned church hoedown. Their deacons are standing up yelling at each other. Caleb and Joshua are standing up saying, but we can. And they're standing up saying, yeah, I know it's beautiful, but, but man, I was a tiny thing. There are giants. They're going to kill us. They're going to wipe us out. My gosh, what all had God done for them already? I don't know about you. Yesterday we were coming home. We, we, we had some news that we wanted to celebrate. I'm going to share a little bit of it at the end of the service with you. And so Suzanne and I went out of town with Oscar and Vicky in our little cars just one night, spent the night on the way back. We were tri- driving through the loop in uh, Ormond Beach over there. And if you've never ridden on it, it's a beautiful 18-mile uh, loop. And we're riding down, and we're in our little tiny cars, and all of a sudden, I come across this little bridge, and the road's covered with water. And I'm like, oh, Lord, mercy. And it was covered with this much water. But I was in a little car, and I felt my heart start racing. I was like, man, is it brackish water? Is it clean water? Is it salt water? Is it, you know, can I get through this? Is, if we start through this, you know, is all of a sudden bigger waves going to come? I mean, it was calm as could be, and, and a Jeep was coming through. Man, it was just spraying water. And I'm thinking, when it gets close to my little car, it's going to slow down, I'm sure. Oh, no. Oh, gray-haired man just flying by. He didn't even look at me. He just sprayed me down. But, but we started through there. But listen, the children of Israel came to this big old, massive, ocean-like lake. And God said, Moses, pick up your stick. And man, all of a sudden, can you imagine? I get goosebumps. I, I imagine that story. I mean, if I'd have been walking through there, I'd been wanting to poke my finger in the, in the wall. Come on, somebody. You'd want to poke your finger in the wall, you know, in, out, woo. And no leaks or anything, you know. It'd be just like, bam, and hit it real hard. And, and just look at that thing. And, and, you're, and listen, you're walking on dry land. It can't be dry. It was just full of water. They had a cloud, pillar of fire. They had all those plagues. And on top of it, when they left Egypt, they left as rich people. You forget that? I mean, Pharaoh said to all the people, give all the gold, silver, and stuff you got, give it to them when they leave. They left, man. They were like, man, this is getting heavy, toting all this gold and silver. They had seen God work. All of a sudden, here they are. The promised land is in front of them. And the men say, we've gone up with him. We're not able to go up against this people. We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. How many of you would say that's a bad report? So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through, through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, 
and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And we seem, verse 33, to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Imagination. You can use it for the positive or negative. You can use it for good or evil, for bad. You can use it as a victorious declaration or you can declare it in defeat. The question is, what is God wanting you to imagine right here, right now, in the place you are in your life, at the age you are, the gender you are, whatever and wherever you are, God has something that he wants to stir inside of you. But you're never going to fully experience it until that mind has been renewed. And the things of the kingdom are of greater value to you than the things of the world. What are you imagining? As I was meditating early this morning on this, I began to realize that my imagination is actually, look up here, is actually a gift of God. Just like faith, it's a gift. And it's a gift you can receive or it's a gift you can say, I'll live without that. It's like the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's a gift. You don't have to receive. You can try to walk with God on your own, but you don't have to. It's given you the gift, the person of the Holy Spirit. He's given you the ability to pray in a heavenly language because you don't know how to pray in your understanding. How many in the last couple of weeks just ran out of knowing how to pray in English or Spanish or Russian or whatever it is you pray in? See, if you're not full of the Holy Spirit and you, don't, and, and you don't discipline yourself to learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit, then when you're through praying in English, you hit a wall and you're stuck. But when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you just, you just start praying in the Spirit. And you pray until you have a release. And Jude said, you build yourself up in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So the gift of of God is the gift of imagination, the ability to see things, listen to this, to create with mental pictures in your mind. I've been saying, Lord, I see some things that I don't need to see. I want to see the things you want me to see. I want, I want to begin to develop the ability to see, to have a mental image trying it all today not to talk about my personal issue but I, but can I tell you this just one little thing I see myself completely healed I see myself completely whole I see myself getting that report that's going to confirm by them what God's already said and I want that report I don't want to just run around saying I'm healed I want a report that the doctors go hey I got some hair to scratch Suzanne made me put a little gel in it this morning too. So actually now my hands are sticky. But you gotta, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. I wanna give you this one last scripture. Joshua chapter two, man, I was reading this. Whoa, I was like, if the children of Israel could have only known. So listen. 
Moses has died. The children have been roaming around the wilderness for how many years? 40. 40 years. That's a long time. 40 years, they've just been roaming around like, what y'all doing today? I don't know, I'm going this way. Well, I went that way yesterday. I think I'm going to go this way today. 40 years until they started dying off. But somewhere along the way, I think the children of Israel got a revelation. They had messed up. And at least they started teaching their children. We had the chance to go into the promised land, but we disqualified ourselves. And, and they began to teach their children, you got to trust God. You got to trust God. And follow Joshua and Caleb because they trusted God. And when all the other 10 have died and all the parents have died 40 years later, now Moses has gone to the mountain. God woke up Joshua and said, you're it, get up. As I was with Moses, I'm with you, let's go, let's go. I'm ready, I'm ready to do this thing now. Listen to this. So in verse one of chapter two, <laughs> Joshua sends some more spies. I love this though. I just, got, I just saw this just now. He didn't send 12. How <laughs> I many he sent? He sent two. <laughs> He's like, man, 12 will mess you up. Put 12 deacons together and you're never gonna get the church to do anything. Give me two righteous men of God. And so he sent two in. And lo and behold, they found a prostitute. God will use anybody that he wants. And he can put anybody, any place where he wants without your approval. And they go in, they spy out, they find out, and then they're in deep water because the leaders of that city, Jericho, have found that they were there. So Rahab the harlot slash liar takes them up and hides them under blankets. And when they come looking and say, we know two men came from those Israelites and we want you to give them to us. And she said, they did come, but right before dark, they got out through the wall. <laughs> She's a good liar. Good prostitute, good liar. And I don't have time to tell the rest of her story. Go read it, because it's, it's a wonderful story of redemption. When God mentions her name in the Word, he hadn't mentioned my name yet in the Word of God. He mentions Rahab. So don't be judging those who are all messed up in sin they haven't come to the revelation yet because when they get the revelation, like Saul of Tarsus, they're going to turn and say, Lord, what do you have for me to do? Man, let's look at them for who they are. They are those in need of Christ. And she grabbed all of those men and said, you got to promise me. And they kept their promise. Before the men, verse 8, before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof. And this is what she said. Listen, listen, listen to this. i got to close. Clock's running. I know that the Lord, listen to this, the Israelites ain't got it, but Rahab, the prostitute, she got a revelation that millions of Jews roaming around the wilderness ain't got. Wow, this is powerful. No, I'm not powerful. This word is powerful. I know that the Lord has given you the land. Woo! 
I know, God says, I've already spoken that word to you. I've already given that to you. When, when are you going to grab hold of it? And that the fear of you has fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of our land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to those two kings. Verse 11, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Listen to this. Those people knew 40 years before. When God sent the, when, when Moses sent the 12 into the land to spy it out, it says that when they heard that they were there, their heart melted with fear because they knew it was only time before their God was going to take their land. But the children of Israel couldn't believe. So what happened? They roamed around the wilderness for 40 years. How many of you are ready to come out of the wilderness? I, I mean, I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to say, God, whatever you say, I'm going to attach my heart, my faith, my ability to that word. Whatever you say, I don't care who's the president. I don't care who's running the Senate. I don't care who's got Congress. I don't care what's going on around the world. All I care about is God. What is your word for me, for my house? I don't want to roam around in the wilderness when the enemy knows. And it says in the new covenant, Satan trembles at Jesus Christ. And I believe he trembles at a praying church, a church that's desperate for the things of God. God, we need you. We need to have the ability to imagine and to see what is not present. I want you to bow your head for a moment and close your eyes and listen as I've asked the worship team to sing this song to us this morning. And I, I want as, you're, as you're, you have your eyes closed and your head is just bowed before the Father right now, I, I want you to just have a moment, a, a time as, as Jamie and the worship team are singing this song. I, I want you to begin to examine your own heart and let Holy Spirit show you. Are, are you still roaming in the wilderness? Is, is there a word he's put in you, but you can't imagine it? You can't see it? You, you, you don't have faith for it? And God's saying today, today this thing can be broken. Today, this thing can be broken in your life and you can begin to see what is not yet present. But it is every bit real because God said it.
imagination that God has given. The same imagination that God saw the world before it was. And he spoke it into existence. And he spoke to the earth to separate the sea from the dry land. And he spoke to the animals. And he raised the mountains and spoke to the canyon. They were. God wants us to develop 
the ability to see what is not present. And I want to pray for myself and for everyone that desires today to step out in faith and say, God, I'm ready to go where I haven't gone before in you. If that's you, I want you to stand up across the congregation. Doesn't matter if you stand or sit. This is, but you, you want to join me today and say, I, I want this. I want my imagination to be, I want to see what Caleb and Joshua saw. I don't want to see what the other 10 saw with the eye of doubt and unbelief. And if you're standing, I want you to just lift your hand like you're ready to receive a gift. You want a big gift, so your hands are just out there. You want all that God has for you this morning. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I say, first of all, thank you for this word. Thank you for the word imagination. Thank you for the ability to see what is not yet present. Thank you for the promise that we can have everything that you promised and everything that you gave to Jesus. Jesus saw the multitude of people hungry and he saw the little boy with the bread and the fish, but he saw something that the disciples could not see. And so he spoke it and he broke it and he gave it. Father, we want to have the eyes that Jesus had. We want to see what he saw. We want to hear what he heard. And so today I pray over myself, those who are watching online, who are standing in faith, believing, and those who are standing in this congregation today. Father, every one of us that are desperate for that which we have not yet walked in. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Say this with me, Father, I receive the gift of imagination, the gift to see what is not yet present, but it is because you said it was. And so I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. I'll sing that one more time. Say. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born. Precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus to live in your presence. 
Help us. Help us in this day, this hour, to press into the fullness of all that you have for us. You just bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. If you're in this room this morning and you do not know Jesus as Lord of your life, maybe you once walked with God, but you somehow, the enemy just got in and messed things up and you were out there just trying to do it on your own, but you're back here today. God loves you. He loves you really big. He's never stopped loving you. When you were walking through the fire, he was there. You're going through the floods. He was there. Maybe you're watching online today or listening on the podcast this week. You don't know Jesus today. Today, it's such a simple thing. Because you see, you would not even be able to be saved if the Lord had not already begun to work in your heart to draw you to him. This morning, I'm going to lead in a prayer, and everyone in this place, you're watching online, just say this prayer with me. But if, if you're here, or you're watching online, and you don't know the Lord, you say this prayer out of the deepness of your heart that today you want Jesus. You're ready to make things right with the Father. You're ready to surrender your life. Say this prayer with me today. Father. I need you. I need you really bad. Thank you for bringing me to this place where I recognize I need a Savior. I cannot save myself. So Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for coming out of the grave for me. Today I receive you. Forgive me of all of my sins. Today I give you my life. And I'm choosing to surrender my all in all and to live for you from this day forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Could you be seated for just a moment? We have a couple of things we need to share. It's still not late. Restaurants aren't even open yet, so, uh, well, some of them are. Uh, a couple things real quick. Tonight, we are very excited. Pastor Hector will be up in a minute to close out the service and give you the details. But uh, tonight is our fall seed offering, and uh, I'm tremendously excited that I get to be a part of it. And uh, the enemy didn't want me to be a part, but I am going to be there tonight to receive as you come through. And uh, we're excited about it. For those of you that are new in our house, uh, everybody got a card on your seat today. Just a quick uh, little reminder of what tonight is. And a link. Uh, I do not have time to preach uh, this message on seed time and harvest, but it is a message that, that, that literally who we are today as a people came a lot out of this message back in 1997. I finally got my numbers right, my dates right, and everything else, so thank you, Pastor Tad. But 
Um, I, w- I was thinking that Pastor Savin called me this morning. We were talking about Savin and Katie were here last week, and, and uh, he got a revelation during the message about something they want to do at Lifesong Church. And so he was telling me about it. And I said, I know, Savin, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, if you'd given me this revelation like in 87 instead of 97, it's amazing what else we could have done and accomplished. But we were where we were, walking through what we were walking through. And, and I guess in the Lord's right timing, he gave us this revelation. But seed time and harvest is a very simple principle. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, uh, the Lord had just promised that he would never flood the earth again. And he said, as long as there is winter and spring, summer, fall, seed time and harvest day and night, he said, my promise, my blessing will forever remain true. And out of that, Holy Spirit spoke to me back in 1997 that above, our, above and beyond our tithe and offerings, our missions and our building, uh, that we were to twice a year uh, sow a seed. And out of that seed I shared last week, uh, we have supported missionaries all over the world. And uh, we have uh, bought land, built buildings, uh, given to missions. Matter of fact, this week uh, we sent a check down to, uh, well, we actually just direct deposited uh, some money into Jimmy and Jessica Hughes. Uh, ministry, and they sent me, oh my gosh, Je- uh, uh, Daniela, you got to tell your daddy to stop sending me so many pictures. I mean, I mean, two pictures would suffice, but he sent me 45, and uh, 44 of them, he was in the middle of them. I'm like, Jimmy, what's the deal? Where's Mama Jay? I mean, she, he, but uh, they, were, they were giving out food, blessing people, loving, ministering to people, but uh, you need to pray to, right now today, if you have not been watching any of the news, there is another storm intensifying. It looks like it's going to be another Category 4 about to hit the same place that hit uh, just over two weeks ago, and uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, uh, right through Central America, they have had unbelievable flooding in those three nations, and uh, this morning I was praying God's protection over all of them, but, but uh, and Jimmy told me this morning in a text early, he said, the people are literally fearful to death. Because they have no place higher to go. Their buildings, their homes have been wiped out. Thousands of homes were wiped out. One mudslide alone, over 99 people lost their life. And and basically they said they'll never even be able to recover them. It's just their, their burial plot will be there. We, we need to understand the blessing of God in our lives and the responsibility we need to stand in the gap for others. Amen. So out of all of our seed offering, we have supported missions. The first 10% of everything that's given tonight will go to world missions. And the other 90% is going to go to pay off this building before I pass the baton to the next generation. I believe God's going to help us to live out uh, generations debt-free. Amen. Say debt-free. That's, a, that's an amazing word. So anyhow, thank you. It's going to start at 5 o'clock tonight. Hector will go through the details in just a moment. Lastly, I want to just share real quick I know so many of you last week were expecting me to give a report uh, because I had shared that I was having my uh, three-month follow-up from my transplant um, a week a week and a half ago. But uh, Jessica, my daughter-in-law, went with me. Uh, we got all the vitals, which were great. All my regular blood work was literally back to normal. I'm no longer, uh, um, what's the word? uh, No, immune deficient. And uh, so my white blood count is perfect, red blood count. My platelets um, are up there. I had platelets in the hospital of... Uh, of it, it was like almost zero, and this week it was 176,000. Come on, platelets, keep on growing. So, uh, 
rejoice over that. But, but all the other stuff that had to do with my markers for multiple myeloma, uh, uh, Jess and I waited for about an hour for the doctor to come in. He comes in, sits down, and says, I don't have any information for you. My daughter-in-law got so ticked off. She's like, why didn't you have him come in last week, do the blood this week, we could sit down. He's like, well, if there's anything bad, I'll tell you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my life we're talking about, you know? And, and uh, so uh, I had fortunately scheduled an appointment for this week, this last week with my oncologist, Dr. Badia, who I absolutely adore. I love this man. And uh, so Jess and I went in, he spent about two hours with us going through all of our numbers, took my computer, opened up my portal from Shan's hospital, and we were go, able to go through everything. And, um, and so he did another M-spike test, um, blood work, and so uh, that was Tuesday. Finally, on Friday, uh, he sent me a text, and uh, because I say this, the number I, I got from Shan's was not good. Matter of fact, um, last Friday, a week ago, Friday, before I preached on Sunday, um, I got the report and I went in and just looked at it and I just closed it immediately. I said, I can't deal with this. I know what God's word is to me. I know what the word of the Lord is in my heart. It doesn't matter what this says. I know how I feel. I know what's going on. And so I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife, didn't tell Jess. And, um, but, uh, but as of last week, it looked like that my um, transplant had failed that I went through all of that for nothing. My numbers were actually higher um, than they were when I went in for the transplant. And so I was very disappointed. I was not discouraged. I mean, I was imagining myself as the doctor was talking to me, I'm healed. Tell me whatever you got to tell me, but I know the word of the Lord. I know what I believe. I know what's happening in my life. I know how I feel, and I'm believing the report of the Lord. So just go ahead and tell me everything you need. So Dr. Badia was great. We went through everything. And uh, so on, he, and he told me, he said, I'm really disappointed. I, I, I'm actually shocked at those numbers. And uh, so he said, I'm going to rerun the test. And uh, so this whole last year, all the numbers that I've shared, even with you guys as a family, have all come from Dr. Badia's, not from um, Shan's hospital. And so um, Friday uh, or Thursday night, I think it was, um, Dr. Badia sent me a text big smiley face and said, uh, my number is 0.8. Shan's hospital was 1.1. And uh, he said, my number is 0.8. He said, I'm happy about that. It means the transplant's working and it's continuing to work in my body. It's not a zero, which is what we all want, which all have prayed for. Um, but we're, you know, I think what Holy Spirit said was, I'm not through walking through the battle yet, and uh, I'm going to walk victorious. I told you all last week, I'm not staying home any longer. I'm, I'm in this pulpit. I'm going to be preaching somewhere. I got text this week, when are you going to preach again? I said, I'm preaching Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to preach next Sunday. Uh, um, but anyhow, um, so this number is working. We feel good. Dr. Body, as a matter of fact, I said to him, I sent him a text. I said, Doc, I don't understand. Why is Shan's number for the same exact blood work different than ours? And, he, and I wrote dot, 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 capital letters, P-R-A-Y-E-R, -E question mark, prayer. And he writes back and says, I don't know, just different machines, dot, 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 yes, P-R-A-Y-E-R, -E capital letters, exclamation mark, prayer. And I said, that's right, Doc, come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get Dr. Body to this house yet. Uh, but uh, right before we walked out last week, he said, he said, Pastor, he said, remember this. A year ago, your M-spike number was 5.8. Today, it's 0.8. Yeah. 
And he said, you are 80% better today than you were a year ago. 80% healthier today than you were a year ago. So let's give the Lord a praise for that. Amen, amen. But, but tomorrow night, six o'clock, I am starting back on one of the drugs, the chemo called Revlimid. Uh, it's a very potent pill. And uh, I want everybody to get your phones out right now. Set your clock, six o'clock. Uh, I'm, I'm asking for everybody that loves me to be praying every night at six o'clock for this pill. Because Dr. Body and I both believe God is using this particular medicine. Uh, and we believe that in three weeks, I'm going to go through a three-week, uh, 21 days uh, uh, of taking this pill every day for 21 days, and I have seven days off, then I have another test. A month from now, I believe I'm going to come back and say my number's down to 0 0.4, 0 0.5, 0 0.3, whatever, you know, the Lord wants. I'm going to go through this process, and uh, with the ultimate goal being that soon and very soon, I believe we're going to see a zero. Both the doctors said last week, I've never seen it, but Dr. Body is finally on stage with me where it's, I've never seen it yet. Amen. So I'm believing for that. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, it is a potent medicine that can cause all kind of other cancers to develop in your body, kidney, lung, all that. The whole last nine months that I was on it, the only um, problem I had was I developed a blood clot in the back of my right leg. Uh, I'm also going to start Eloquist tomorrow um, to, uh, to make sure that doesn't happen, and I'm going to continue to walk, ride my bike. But uh, I'm believing God that soon and very soon it's going to be the miraculous. It, I, it's a miracle already. Come on, somebody. You know, when, when they basically said you might have three months to live, uh, here I am a year out, and I feel good. I feel healthy. My hair's growing. I'm excited about the kingdom of God. God is good, and we're looking forward to good things. So God bless y'all. I love you, and uh, I'll see you tonight at Seed Offering. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.